New York City Mayor Eric Adams is already starting to look pretty shaky. I mean, the man's only been in office for less than 10 days. He supported the bill that allows illegals and non-citizens to vote. Yes, he allowed that bill. He flip-flopped on that bill. First, he said he had concerns about the bill. And then he said, I'm supporting the bill. And he allowed the bill to become law. He has appointed his brother to a top position. His brother. Now, where have I heard this before? Remember de Blasio, whose wife made millions of dollars off the city? Eric Adams appoints his brother to a top position in the NYPD. I mean, what are his brother's qualifications, you may ask? His brother, for the past 10 years, has been the assistant parking director at the, in the Virginia Commonwealth University. Uh, you cannot make this stuff up. Eric Adams' brother, who just got appointed to a top NYPD position, we'll tell you the details, he spent the last 10 years as the assistant parking director in the Virginia Commonwealth University. He couldn't even make it to parking director. He's the assistant. And by the way, it's not even remotely comparable to Trump. Trump appointing Jared and Ivanka was totally different. They were his advisors. I'd be okay with Eric Adams appointing his brother as an advisor because you want to have somebody you can trust as your advisor. But he didn't make Ivanka the attorney general. He didn't make Jared Kushner the secretary of state. That's the difference. This man, a top position in the NYPD, he's supposed to be securing the city. It's clear nepotism. He has no uh, track record other than the fact that he happened to have been a police officer years ago. And he's the mayor's brother. We'll get to the details coming up. A a recent AP headline. You got to hear this headline in the AP. Quote, Biden shied away from news conferences and interviews in year one. Biden, this is the AP. And this is interesting that they're addressing this. Biden shied away. That's the headline. Biden shied away from news conferences and interviews. Like, you know, he's shy. He's bashful. He's humble. Are you? They protected him. I mean, this man was so well protected. They kept this man so far out of the limelight, out of the spotlight. He passes by reporters. They're throwing questions at him, softball questions, and he's ignoring them. They're just shuffling him, like, right to the helicopter or right back to the Oval Office. I mean, remember Trump? Like, he'd sit there for an hour and a half. He, the helicopter in the background, an hour and a half he'd sit there. These reporters shouting at him. He didn't even know he would take, the like, Jim Acosta, the, the person who was, like, the angriest, the person who was, like, grilling him the most, and he would just go at it toe-to-toe. But here's what's amazing. Number one, the fact that the AP even addressed this, it shows you how big a disaster. We told you the, the numbers. Like, Biden, like, so many fewer interviews and press conferences than his predecessors. But uh, the AP is addressing this. That shows you they can't ignore it. Uh, this is so glaring, the fact that Biden is kept away from the media. He shied away. I mean, it's like the AP, they just, they, 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 they have to report it. They don't want to report negative stuff about Biden, but it's like so obvious that the man is never, ever, uh, to, never talks to reporters. It never gets interviewed, never has to answer any questions, never holds press conferences. He's just, he's just hidden away. And, 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 and so the AP, like, they can't ignore the story, but then they, they spin it in a positive way, you know, semi-positive. Biden shied away. Hello, Biden, is embarrassed. Biden's people are are terrified, terrified of letting him be on camera. Biden shied away from news conferences and interviews in year one. By the way, year two is not going to be any different. All right, so 26 Democrats are retiring from Congress. This is huge. This is epic. We have 26 Democrat congressmen have already announced that they are stepping down, that they are retiring, and there are more to come. They're still, they are still coming. They're still retiring. They're still running away. So they know they have no chance. These Democrats who are retiring 
We know there's no such thing as a congressperson unless they're like 94 who retires if they think they have any shred of a chance to win re-election. But they know that they're going down. They do the internal polls. And Kevin McCarthy says that it's going to be a bloodbath. Kevin McCarthy, future Speaker of the House, because he's the Republican leader in, in in the House, he says the last time this happened that you had Democrats retiring in droves, Democrats fleeing in droves, was back in 2010. 2010, by the way, Biden was vice president, and the, the country couldn't stand Obama-Biden. Then somehow they reelected Obama inexplicably, but that was the whole Tea Party situation. So that was a bloodbath. That was the last time we've seen this many Democrats all retiring in one specific year. Uh, so this is pretty, pretty amazing. We'll keep an eye on that, see how many more uh, congressmen bite the dust. Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor, this is egregious. Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor, radical liberal uh, Supreme Court Justice Sotomayor, she lied she literally got four Pinocchios. When's the last time you heard of a Supreme Court justice getting four Pinocchios ever? And especially something she said in a Supreme Court hearing. She literally said something in a hearing. She she said this vicious, vicious, bogus uh, statement about children and the number of children who are sick with COVID, who are seriously ill with COVID. And she like made up a number I mean, just this just this really egregious, bald-faced lie for Pinocchios. A Supreme Court justice does not get Pinocchios from the Washington Post. So this is unreal. So she made this claim. This is the, the Supreme Court had this hearing about the Biden vaccine mandate on businesses. And during the hearing, I mean, it's just disgraceful that uh, Justice Sotomayor, she said, quote, uh, she said, we have over 100 thousand children in serious condition and many on ventilators. She was trying to say, obviously, I guess, that somehow children are in danger, which by and large, they are not. I mean, the, 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 the percentage of children who are hospitalized from COVID is literally lower, as we've told you, than the percentage of children hospitalized from the flu. It, it, it's like the, the, it's point oh oh something. And the percentage of children that die is, are even, is even smaller. And it's if they have pre-existing conditions almost always. If you look at the numbers, again, I'm not giving you medical advice. And look, it's t- it's terrible. Any child who has a pre-existing condition or any child who ends up in the hospital, but you're talking about it's so minuscule. And yet she makes up a number. Who knows where she got this number from? It's been debunked. It's been refuted even by Rochelle Walensky from the CDC, the incompetent CDC. And Rochelle Walensky, who is incredibly confused about a lot of things and confusing all the rest of us. But Sotomayor said over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, are in serious condition, many on ventilators. So number one, there's no way to know how many children are on ventilators, but it's an extremely extreme. If there are any children on ventilators, hopefully there are none. It's an extremely small number. And 100,000 children seriously ill in serious condition. It's just it's a lie. Not only is it a lie, it is an outrageous. It's like off the charts how big a lie this is. It's not even close. So Rochelle Walensky contradicted. She was asked on Fox, uh, Sotomayor. She confirmed that she was lying. She said that um, she, she, she said that uh, there were fewer than thirty five hundred children in the hospital with COVID nineteen. Fewer than thirty five hundred. Uh, Sotomayor said one hundred thousand in serious condition. So Rochelle Walensky said, quote, the vast majority of children in the hospital are unvaccinated. So she felt the need to point that out. And for those children who are not eligible for vaccination, we do know they're most likely to get sick if their family members are not vaccinated. But anyway, then she said it's below it's below thirty five hundred. So, again, pushing for children to get vaccinated, which to me 
pushing for children to get vaccinated is 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 extremely extremely questionable again speak to your doctor don't listen to me but like children this virus covid it just it simply does not hurt, hurt the vast 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 majority of children there's always going to be a tiny tiny minuscule microscopic percentage and uh Walensky said quote in some hospitals she pointed out that the, the you know when they talk about covid hospitalizations this is a big misconception and again you got to take it seriously. This thing is spreading out of control. The hospitals are getting filled right now because it's so, so, uh, it's so widespread because Omicron is so incredibly contagious. The number of people who have it at once is very, very high. So that's causing the hospitals to fill up. That, that's just a fact. But she said that a lot of these patients who are hospitalized with COVID, they're not in the hospital because of COVID. They have some other things. She pointed that out. She said in some hospitals, up to 40% of the patients coming in with COVID are not sick with COVID. They're coming in with something else, but they have COVID because the Omicron variant was detected or because they were tested for COVID. That's routine that they test every single patient for COVID. So the numbers are uh, overblown. And that's not that's not me saying that. That's Rochelle Walensky, the head of the CDC, saying that the numbers are blown out of proportion when they talk about how many people, as she said, in, one, in some hospitals, it's 40%. 40% are, quote, unquote, hospitalized with COVID, but that doesn't mean that COVID put them in the hospital. And she said that even though children are now more susceptible to Omicron, she said they're still 15-fold less than the hospitalizations of older demographics. Kids are still, even with the number of kids in hospitals going up, they're still 15-fold less than hospitalizations of, of, of people, of adults. Okay, so let's get to Eric Adams, de Blasio 2.0. And look, I don't want to give up on him yet. It's early on, so I guess we're good. we'll still give him a little bit more time here. But like 10 days in, and there are three glaring, glaring red flags here with Eric Adams, who is turning into our worst nightmare, who looks like de Blasio 2.0. By the way, even de Blasio, remember that this bill that Adams allowed to pass into law, he didn't have to sign it because it was automatically passing into law, the bill allowing non-citizens to vote, which is like 800,000 non-citizens in New York City, plus it's going to for sure allow illegals to vote, uh, to vote for local elections because it's, it's, you can't vote for federal elections and statewide elections. But either way, it's, it's, it's unconstitutional. Bill de Blasio, even Bill de Blasio, Bill de Blasio, the communist who everybody despises, he even admitted that this bill is unconstitutional. Eric Adams supported it. Uh, he flip-flopped. Originally, he said, he said that, he said, I have concerns. A couple of weeks ago, they asked Eric Adams about this bill. And he said, well, I'm concerned about somebody's in the city for 30 days and you're going to let them decide who the mayor is, who the comptroller is. I'm concerned about that. Clearly suggesting that he thought it was a terrible idea when a politician says they're concerned about it. Yeah, you've been in the country. You've been in Mexico for 50 years. You come to, you come to New York City for 30 days. Hey, you get to vote. For the mayor. It's absurd. It's absurd. And it's illegal. But uh, th- then he flip flopped on it. Then he decided he said that he spoke with the city council and they reassured him and they calmed him down and uh, he's not worried about it anymore. Uh, well, thank you very much. You, you flip flop. Uh, he appointed his brother as deputy commissioner, deputy commissioner. And you know what's worse? He defended appointing his brother talking about white supremacy. He was asked, I, I think, on CNN how did you appoint your brother for deputy to be deputy commissioner? And he says, well, I need someone I can trust because of all the white supremacy. I need someone who's going to protect me against the white supremacy. What a, what a, what is he talking about? Uh, what, number one, what white supremacy? And number two, 
what does white supremacy have to do with appointing your brother? There's lots of people. If you're trying to say, well, we really need a black person in in, in this position, well, there's lots and lots of black people, I'm sure, more qualified than his brother who's been, what, an, an, an assistant parking director in some college. What What is that? Zero qualification since 2011. Uh, assistant parking director at Virginia Commonwealth University. Well, that qualifies you to be this deputy commissioner for the NYPD. I mean, it's just it's just outrageous. And Eric Adams has defended Alvin Bragg. We told you about Alvin Bragg. Now, give credit to the new uh, police commissioner. She has actually spoken out. She, she she's kind of having a battle a public battle with Alvin Bragg saying that this is a terrible idea to just let criminals walk free. You're literally just releasing criminals. You're not asking for jail time, even for armed robbers and even even murderers. He's going to be lighter on in, in his sentencing and you know requests than uh, way 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 lighter than what 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 the norm is. And he's going to all these people who have felonies. He's going to. Uh, downplay it to a misdemeanor. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to literally like turn felonies into into misdemeanors and give people no jail time, even violent criminals. And this is insanity. So Eric Adams basically gave him a pass. Eric Adams basically said that he's doing a good job, unlike the police commissioner. All right. In other news, an online petition for universal basic income. This is pretty frightening, pretty disturbing. There's an online petition that's been going around for universal basic income, for $2,000 a month checks for everyone. Everyone in the country automatically gets a $2,000 check every single month. It's, it's, it's insanity. I mean, it is pure socialism. The problem is this petition now has 3 million signatures, at least if you take this story at face value. This story is being reported in the mainstream media as much as I trust them. But, you know, but this is an online petition. It's been around for a long time. It's a reputable uh, site, the site that, that that's hosting this online petition. And it, it, 3 million people have signed a petition saying they want universal basic income. I'm talking the whole country. I'm talking everyone of the country. They want everyone of the country to get an automatic, except I'm sure the billionaires, to get an automatic $2,000 every single month in stimulus checks. This is just just horrific. The petition started early on in the pandemic. So it's been about two years now, a little less than two years. And it was started by a restaurant owner. The restaurant owner essentially said there's too much uncertainty. America needs certainty. So they started this petition for, for every American, except the, the evil billionaires, to get $2,000 a month in stimulus checks, I guess, for the foreseeable future, at least. I mean, for, I mean, we know it's going to be for, it's not going to happen. It better not happen. But if it would happen, it's never going to stop. These programs never do. But look how many millions of people are, 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 want socialism. I mean, that is horrific. And that shows you the mainstream media, Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie Sanders, that the, you know these uh, these these crazy radical ideas are seeping into the mainstream like never before. Three million—that's a lot of signatures. All right, Joe Biden, another disastrous jobs report for the month of December. In the month of December, uh, very few jobs were created. Only one hundred and ninety-nine thousand new jobs created in December, which was well below the projections of experts. Remember how 199,000 new new jobs created in December. Not good. Remember how Trump, Trump almost always exceeded projections. Almost every month, Trump exceeded the projections in terms of job creation, obviously up until the pandemic. And uh, Biden almost always falls below expectations, well below expectations. And by the way, part of that is because the projections 
are biased. I'm sure that's part of the reason is with Trump, they always underestimate because the experts, you know, they want Trump to fail and they're always underestimating his um, his economy. And with Biden, they're always overestimating because they're always trying to pump him up and, and, and make him see, even though it, it ends up backfiring because then Biden uh, doesn't even meet expectations. He falls below expectations. So it turns out it makes him look bad. But that's not how they're thinking. They're thinking, oh, this guy Biden, he's creating tons of jobs. We're going to we're going to project high We're you know, if they, it would be an insult to him to to predict low numbers. And then, of course, he ends up failing. Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris. This is so disgraceful. She compared the January 6th insurrection with 9-11 and Pearl Harbor. Kamala Harris, yes, she spoke on January 6th, the one-year anniversary of the breach of the Capitol, of the insurrection, and she compared it. She compared it. How, how demeaning, how, just how, how much of a disgrace is this? And, so, you know, diminishing the, the, the victims of 9-11 and Pearl Harbor. Kamala Harris, she compared January 6th with 9-11 and Pearl Harbor. Could, could could it get any more disgraceful? Uh, it's, it's just unthinkable. It's just such an in, it's so insulting to the victims. Here's here. Here's the quote from Kamala Harris, January 6th, quote, certain dates echo throughout history when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but in our collective memory. Pearl Harbor, 9-11, the Capitol riot. This is what she said. She said certain dates Echo throughout history when our democracy came under assault. Pearl Harbor, 9-11, the Capitol riot? The Capitol riot? Are you kidding me? You, I mean, Pearl Harbor, the Japanese attack. I don't have to tell you. I mean, Japanese attacked the United States. It was it was one of the most horrific you know, and tragic days in American history. Of course, it brought the U.S. into the war. And, you know, obviously we know, you know how that all worked out. Uh, and, and I guess there were a lot of happy endings there, but it was a very, very traumatic Time in, in in history, obviously, perhaps the most dramatic time in all history, and uh, World War Two, and and nine eleven, nine eleven. I mean, you're talking about an, an unspeakable. There are no words to describe the horror, uh, the monsters behind nine eleven. And then she's comparing those days to the Capitol riot on January sixth. I, I mean, these Democrats, uh, you know, w- whether they believe it or don't believe it, either way is. Is, is 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 wacky. I mean, whether if she actually, I, I suspect a lot of these Democrats actually believe this stuff, and you know they actually delude themselves. They're they're living in just a total bubble where they walk around January sixth, January sixth, like oh wow, it's a tragic day that will live in infamy. And 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 if they don't believe it, and they're just trying to, you know, uh, convince Americans, that's also very uh, terrifying. All right, speaking of Kamala Harris, her new press secretary has apologized. Why has Kamala's new press secretary? apologized. What crime did he commit? Well, he support he was opposed to illegal immigration. He supported cracking down on illegals. He actually opposed illegal immigration. Kamala's new press secretary, this Jamal Bauman, he actually Jamal Simmons, I should say, he actually opposed illegal immigration. I mean, wow. He and by the way, he made these comments 12 years ago. Back then, it was actually okay to be a Democrat. And to be in favor of secure borders, it was actually okay to be a Democrat and to oppose illegal immigration. But now it's not. So now he's got to turn around and apologize. I mean, how vicious and heartless. Here's here's what happened. Twelve years ago, 12 years ago, in 2010, Jamal Simmons, Kamala's new press secretary, uh, he, he put out a tweet saying, quote, just saw two undocumented folks talking on MSNBC 
one law student, the other a protester, can someone explain why ICE is not picking them up? So this is what he said. He actually said something very intelligent and very correct. He said, I just saw two undocumented folks on MSNBC. One was a law student, the other is a protester. Why is ICE not picking them up? Why are they not being deported? They're, they're illegals and they're right there on MSNBC. This is what he said. So uh, that does not, that, that violates the current Democrat party platform of embracing illegals. And you can never, ever say you're a racist if you say that illegal immigration is illegal, which is it. It is. It's illegal. That's why we call it illegal immigration. So he got a ton of backlash on Twitter. Somebody discovered this a few days after he became the press secretary. They accused him of being a racist. They accused this man, Jamal Simmons, of being a racist because he thought that illegals should be deported. He's black. I don't know how exactly he could be a racist if he's black, but... um, that, that, that they, they, they one one commenter on Twitter said, "How could Kamala have hired him without vetting him for this kind of track record? How could she possibly? What was she thinking? They didn't. Don't they vet these people? Don't they vet these people? Couldn't she figure out that, or or her people figure out that that in 2010 he actually put out a tweet in favor of uh, border patrol and against illegal immigration? So that, by the way, he issued a bogus apology. I mean, it, it is such a fake, phony." Apology. He said, quote, as a pundit for much of my career, I, I don't you love it when they just interject? Don't you love it when they apologize after they're caught, like years, years later, they apologize? But it's a sincere, heartfelt apology. But oh, I just happen to say it now because otherwise I'm going to get fired because otherwise the media, I'm going to get crushed by the media and Kamala is going to have no choice but to distance herself. He said, quote, as a pundit for much of my career, I've tweeted a lot and spoken on public issues. Sometimes I have been sarcastic, unclear or plainly missed the mark. I sincerely apologize for offending those who care as much as I do about making America the best multi-ethnic, diverse democracy it can be. I know the role I'm taking on is to represent the Biden-Harris administration. I'll do so with humility, sincerity, and respect. Give me a break. It's just so phony and so egregious and so pitiful. Sometimes I've been sarcastic, unclear, I missed the mark. I sincerely apologize for offending those who care about Are you? I mean, come on. You would never, ever apologize. You you put out this tweet. You believed it then. If you flip-flopped, you obviously believed it. So why would you flip-flop? You know, the answer is because you have no core. You have no value system. You, you, you have no core beliefs. Like, all you do is pander to be, because you want to be hired by the party. You, 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 want, you want to be a Democrat. You want to be embraced by the media, by Kamala, by whoever. So you literally say whatever it takes, and you'll sell, you'll sell your soul. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.